0: So one of the things we'd like to know about you before, you know, we get to be friends is uh, where you stand on certain spiritual issues. Have you come to a place in your life that if you died tomorrow you're absolutely certain that you would go to heaven? Given the three-in-one concept of the Trinity, is uh, Pert Plus committing blasphemy by claiming it's two-in-one product? Quote your favorite Bible verse in Hebrew, Latin, and Greek. On your Facebook under religion, do you classify yourself as Christian? An agnostic? Protestant. Muslim. Buddhist. Kabbalah. Southern Baptist. Mennonite. Seventh-day Adventist. Baptism. Sprinkling, dunking, or high-powered water gun. Good morning. How is everybody? High-five three people and say I'm glad you're here. This is going to be awesome. This is going to happen. If you're watching online, high-five your computer. Make it happen. All right, now, hey, you're not done yet. Just get ready. Two more people. Go high-five two more people and say, let's be friends. There we go. We got We got it. There's movement. Do you hear that? If, if you're online right now, you don't hear the rumblings and sounds of revival happening inside of this place. It is crazy. Thank you, God. See, nobody wanted to be. Thank you, Alex. Alex was one of my five. Hi, just saying. Uh Putting it out there. So, hey, we're getting ready. I'm so excited about this series. I'm not gonna lie to you. I might jump around a little bit. Today's gonna be a little different uh, than always. I know your typical. Uh, one of the funny things it said in there is, "Would you identify yourself with a certain denomination?" And so you're used to me having a three-point sermon and rocking and rolling. But today's gonna be a little free, fo- free, free. Mm, we're just gonna let that sit. A little free flow. Uh, we're gonna be diving into God's Word. But as I was getting ready for this series uh, and this week. I kind of thought sometimes, doesn't it feel like that when we're trying to have friends, like we have to go through an interview process? Like my favorite one in there is the PERT Plus analogy. If you ever watch that, go back and they talk about the Trinity with the PERT Plus and how that's going. But so many times in our life, we put restrictions on who can be our friends. And we nailed last week how we shouldn't, how we should be open to that, how we have a foundation of friendship. And so today we're gonna be talking about this concept called one friend away. One friend away. And what's really cool to me is it's going to be a story we've all heard. It's going to be a story we all grew up with. I bet if I went in Divine Kids here in just a minute and I asked them to sing this song, they're going to know it. So last week we did one, Jesus Loves the Little Children, red and yellow, black and white, right? They are precious in his sight. Today we're going to be talking about a wee little man named Zacchaeus. A wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see, right? How many people had VBS and Backyard Bible Club and remembers that? There's a few people. I see smiles. Uh, I'm sorry, Scott sings so beautifully, and I don't sing as well as Scott or David or Nikki or Marla when they're singing, but you know the song. You can take it in. So you know the song. So that's what we're going to be talking today is one friend away. And so today I want you to know we we, we high five two people, and I'm going to hold you to it. They said, let's be friends. So if they're not your friend after this, you come find me because I'll drop the hammer on them because they said they wanted to be your friend. They said, let's be friends. And hopefully spouses have already high-fived each other. If not, maybe we want to figure out that uh, let's be friends thing. But we'll work through that later. That's a different series. That'll be coming in the fall. Don't worry about that. Uh, but for today, what I had for us, what I had for us is this. If you have your list of five people, maybe you didn't write it down. And so Alex was telling you about five people and you're probably thinking, I didn't watch last week. So maybe you have your notes from last week. Maybe you don't. But here's what I want you to do. We're going to take 20 seconds, and I want you to write down a list of five people in your life outside of your family that you will call friend. They've got your back. They're there with you through thick and thin, like they're your ride or die. They're ready to go, like they are with you. If you've got that list of five people, write that down. And here's the thing. Don't feel pressure if you can't write five people. Don't just make up names. Don't just make up names like Winston and Churchill and (laughs) all these crazy people. It's all right. Be real. Be real. Because last week the stat was, as we were talking about the foundation of friendship, last week the stat was most Americans can only write two names down. I think if I remember correctly, it was over 75%, something like that, can write two names down. Some can't write any. Yeah, we're so connected. We're on Facebook. We're in social media world. Like, I got friends. Have you seen my followers? Have you seen my friends? yet we don't have anybody who's got our back. And here's what I would love for us to be church, is I want us to be the church that knows we've got each other's back, no matter what, because that's what the church was all about. We're going to learn through Zacchaeus' story. That's what it's all about, to have a friend, okay? So to have a friend. So I'm going to sing a song. For, I'm just kidding. Y'all went ahead. Everybody shut down when I said that. So have you written your five names down? If you hadn't, you wrote your names down. I hope you did. I'm seeing some yeses. I'm seeing some maybes and I'm seeing five names, what do you mean? So five names, if you've got, got five names, write that down as I set this up uh, and talk about what we're gonna walk through today. So there's one concept today that I want you to carry home. One concept, you are one friend away from changing your future. One friend away from changing your future, one. So if you wrote five names down, I want you to write number six in an empty space Today is a day I want you to create space for one more friend. You see chairs around you that are empty. I want you to create space for people to sit around you. I want you to look at your list of five friends. We've got space for them. There are people who load in a truck on Saturdays, load out a truck on Sunday morning, load it back in on Sunday, and then load it out again on Sunday to create space for one more. Create space. That means physical And schedule-wise, create space for one more. So if there's anything I could challenge you with today, create space for one more. Now, somebody high-fived you and said, let's be friends. So I've given you two. One out of those two people, you could have created space for. So make space for one of those two, if nothing else. And if you're joining online, comment below. There's probably some people watching with you. Let's be friends. Let's be friends today. But I want to talk to you about this concept. You are one friend away. From changing your future. One friend away from changing your marriage. One friend away from being financially set free. One friend away from getting the rest that you've always wanted. One friend away from being in the best shape you've ever been in your whole life. One friend away from having somebody who's got your back that you can call for bail money when all heck breaks loose in your life. You're one friend away from your future being completely different. Church, a lot of recent events. It's really crazy. I look at schools (laughs) my heart has broken to hear the tragedies that happen that's normal to this generation it's normal to hear somebody being shot at a school and it breaks my heart because I think of that young man and he was one friend away from somebody changing his future one friend away from somebody saying I believe in you one friend away from somebody pouring into his life and church That's what we are created for. It is time for us to rise up. It is time for us to be that one friend, to hear those people who are screaming in the streets for hope, and they don't have to go down this route. Now, will tragedies happen? Absolutely. Tragedies happen, unfortunately, in this life. But the difference is we have the opportunity when we create the space for one more, to see one more life changed, one more future changed one more person reached, one more dead person brought to life, one more broken person healed, one more person being set financially free, spiritually free. We, when we create spaces, the church, have the opportunity to do that. And so today, that's what I want us to talk about. Today, that's where I want us to be. So I started with that phrase to say, I'm not here to politicize, I'm not here. Listen, regulation isn't gonna stop guns, people aren't going to stop guns nothing's going to stop this tragedy it is sin and the only people that can share who have the hope to get rid of sin is us the church because we know who's already defeated death in the grave we know who died for our sins lived a perfect life so that we didn't have to we already know will we just share it or will we stay silent will we understand that we're one person away from sharing the hope of jesus to seeing this not happen to seeing revival break out Or are we just going to say, man, I got my fire insurance. I'm good. (laughs) I got my insurance policy taken out. And I will tell you, I have failed you in that. When I see this around the world, I want to be better. As your pastor, I want to be better. As a church, I want to be better. I want us to see the opportunity that's out there because God's given it. The thing is, will we take it? Will we create the space for just one more? Can we do it? I believe we can. I believe we can. I believe I can. I'm trying. I ain't perfect at it. Some people are going to call me friend. They're going to be like, oh, Lord Jesus, here you go again. One more, one more, just one more. And imagine if the rest of your life, you only made room for one more, the impact that'll make for generations, because somebody made room for one more for you. And if they haven't, I want to be your friend today, and I want to make one more space for you. So that's what I have for us today. Heavy, hard, I know at the beginning, so I told you it's gonna be a little different, but I know there are churches across America today talking about the tragedy and what's happening. But I believe that as God was preparing this on me a long time ago, he knew that those events were gonna happen this past week, and he knew that this was the message that we were gonna be diving into, and what more appropriate time to say, make room for one more. So if you've got your Bible, if you've got your Bible, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna have some fun today, I believe. <laughs> We've already had the tears a little bit a second ago. So we're going to have some fun today. So if you got your Bible, hang out with us in Luke 19. Luke 19. Like I told you, it's going to be a little different today. We're going to be starting and stopping some scripture. So just hang on here with me. But we're in Luke 19, uh, chapter 19, verses 1 through 10 is the, the, the scripture we're going to be in. So we're going to start in verse 1. Luke 19, verse 1 says this. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. So, time out really quick. What road did we talk um, about last week? The road from Jerusalem to Jericho. And now here Jesus is. <laughs> no coincidence. He's entering Jericho. Probably walked that same road. He's in that we talked about in, in Luke 10. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was short... Because he was a wee little man and a wee little man was he he could not see over the crowd so listen let me tell you a little bit about this i want to talk to you about this name called zacchaeus because this is really cool jesus is entering jericho and he was just passing through he's on this very busy road on this crazy road he just talked about in luke 10 about this man who had been beaten left naked half half naked robbed dead left for nothing and the great the good samaritan comes along right like he's talking about this. Well, let me tell you about who this guy Zacchaeus is because it's really cool when you dive into Scripture to see, okay, there's one particular person Jesus, Jesus is about to make room for. One particular person he's going to meet at this appointed place at this appointed time. And guess what? He's going to meet you at this appointed place at this appointed time today too. So Zacchaeus, let me tell you what this name means. Two schools of thought on it, all right? The name Zacchaeus, it depends on what you say it's derived from, but the name in Hebrew means pure, is one concept. Zacchaeus means pure. Now, does a wealthy tax collector sound like a pure human being? It's about to be tax time, so don't be talking bad about the people. (laughs) Really? That doesn't seem like a pure person, right? The other one is this. So, one means pure, the other is... Yahweh remembers. And so the two frames of reference, one of those is Zechariah. Remember those those at the back of the Old Testament. I don't know if you've heard of this book, but that's where Zacchaeus is derived from in one way, and it means Yahweh remembers. So pure or Yahweh remembers. Both have great meanings. I mean, it's not anything bad like dirty or (laughs) nasty. It's a cool name. It means pure or Yahweh remembers, this guy named Zacchaeus. So he was the chief tax collector and was wealthy. So, in other words, he had everything the world said he could have. Was wealthy. He had it all. He didn't have friends. Nobody liked him. But he had it. He had zeros in that bank account. You know what I mean? Like, he had six probably, zeros in his bank account. If you know, you know. Like, he had it knocked out. He was ready to go. He had money in the bank. But everybody looked at him and didn't want to have anything to do with him. And he hears about this guy named Jesus coming. And he's climbing and he's crawling up the tree. He's about to crawl up this tree. And here's what I want to tell you, church, what we can do and where we get lost so many times. I want you to know no matter where you are, no matter what job you have, no matter what school you go to, no matter what place you are in life, I don't know what you're sitting at right now. There might be a coffee shop in the living room with sick kids. It happens wherever you are right now. You are created for a purpose. And our job as the church is to drown out the noise of the crowd so that people can see Jesus more clearly. But so many times we stay silent. We let the crowd get in the way. We join in the crowd because they're louder than we are. And here's the thing that I want you to know, the person that cusses in the cubicle next to you that tells you you're dumb for going to church and doesn't believe Jesus exists, and the one that you've been praying for, the one that tells you, I don't know why you pray, that's dumb. I don't know what you're doing. That person is trying to get through the noise and the crowd to see Jesus more clearly and guess what? If you have a relationship with him, you get to be that. The thing is, will we continue to let the crowd drown us out and tell them that, hey, your voice can be heard better on Twitter than it can be by being Jesus to someone and praying for him? Or will we let the crowd drown us out? Our job as the church is to help people push through the crowd. Because I don't know if you remember what it was like to not know Jesus. If you haven't done that, we'll nail that down here in a little bit, but maybe, maybe you've forgotten what it feels like to fill that hole. You're doing everything you can in the crowd. And believe it or not, you're about to climb this tree, and we're going to talk about why this tree is important in a second, but you're doing everything you can to join in the crowd to fill this void. Because you know something's missing, but you don't quite know what it is. So when anybody says there's hope that you can find it, you're going to go after it. If you're addicted to something, you're going to chase the next high. If you're, if, if you're, if you're struggling in, in anything, you're going to chase something. You're going to keep filling the void. Maybe it's job, maybe it's career, maybe it's no friends, maybe it's social media, maybe it's food, maybe it's actually working out too much. Maybe it's, maybe it's not being in control of your schedule, maybe it's having too many friends and you got too much to do so you're overloaded all the time. Whatever it is, if you don't know Jesus, you're trying to fill a void that you can't possibly fill. And I want you to know that people have Jesus has people in your life that are just trying to see Jesus more clearly, and yet we have the opportunity to do it. Does it mean we have to be perfect and on our game all the time? No. It's the beauty of the Holy Spirit being inside of us. We just have to make room for one more, make room for one more conversation, make room for one more phone call, make room for one more person to be able to sound off at us. Maybe maybe they've had tragedy in their life and they just need to scream and we just got to make room for one more. But the hard thing is doing that. Because as the church, we love the crowd. We want the crowd. We want the crowd to be here like if there's a crowd of people somewhere it must be the right thing, right? The thing is though, when we just care about the crowd, we miss out on the people who are trying to push through the noise in the crowd to see Jesus. And as I was getting ready for this, it made me think of those five people in my life. Are they pushing through the crowd to see Jesus more clearly? And if all of them know Jesus, I've got some room to work. Because Jesus has placed people in my life that don't know who he is and are just trying to see him more clearly. Hey, what I get to do in my life and and, and what I get to do and how I get to work and build tents. I get to meet people I've never met before. I get to go and show them a house, and I've never met them. And I get to see every opportunity of them scratching and clawing to see Jesus more clearly. Maybe the same is for you. Whether you're working at the dry cleaning business, working behind a computer desk, maybe you're working on cars, which is awesome, whatever it is. I might call you if you know what you're doing, if you work on cars. But like wherever you are, maybe that's you, and you think that nobody notices. You think that nobody cares. You think that nobody can even see you. I want to promise you, there's purpose in it. You can be seen. So let's go on with this story. Verse 4 says this, where I told you people are looking. So we ran ahead. You know when you can be a glimpse of Jesus to people and you can show them the hope of the gospel, they're going to run to it. They're not going to stand still. Because when you've been changed by Jesus and you have a relationship with him, They know something's different about you, and they want to see it because the thing they're chasing never satisfies. Oh, it gives temporary satisfaction. It gives some happiness. I mean, I don't know about you, but if you you really look at sin, it was probably really fun for the season you were in it, but you realize you were never satisfied. It never brought you peace. It never brought you joy. And when you know that there's an opportunity for that, won't you run to it? Well, I want you to know the world is running to you church, us. The world is running to us for hope. The world is seeking us out to say, what do you have that I don't? Because I want it. The thing is, do we make room for it? So let's continue on. So we ran ahead. He climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him. Since Jesus was coming that way, a sycamore fig tree so let me tell you about this sycamore like when we think of old testament times you know i always think of the lebanon cedar like i think of this big strong tree or like this oak tree like i think of something really big strong and burly you know like the brawny man's gonna cut it down like you know what i'm saying like this big big tree but let me tell you this sycamore tree what it's about it's a weak tree like, I don't know, growing up, if you ever got in trouble, because I know all of you never got in trouble. You were all really good kids, and you never got spankings. I already know. I can tell from everybody in the room, like, they're little halos around here. We had it all together. But I used to have to get what's called a switch from the hickory tree. Does anybody remember the hickory tree out front? <laughs> I see some hands. We got them. Yes, I know. And uh, I, I think I turned out okay. We'll see. But the hickory tree, I remember going to the hickory tree, and it was this flimsy tree, but it had these, man, it had these things. Which just, when you were swat, man, it'd get you real good. It'd, I mean, it was like the backlash, two or three, right? This is what this sycamore tree is. It's a knockoff fig tree. It has inferior fruit. This sycamore tree is so weak, it's not thought to hold up a man. It's not supposed to be able to hold up a man. It's a weak tree. It's kind of like, so here's what I would equate it to. How many Bradford pear fans are in the room? I love it. No one is. Uh, yet they're in every neighborhood, everywhere, right? It's a weak, brittle tree. Like the tree is brittle. The branches are brittle. Like they're just, it's not strong. Like I'm not going to build my house from Bradford pears, right? Like that's kind of what it's looking like with this sycamore tree. It's not supposed to be able to hold a man up. And yet, and yet, this person named Zacchaeus is scratching and clawing to get up it just to see Jesus more clearly. I want you to look at those lists of names. Is anybody in your life doing that? Can you see them? Maybe you've not been able to see them before. I want to believe that God's revealing that to you right now through the Holy Spirit that, hey, maybe this is this person in my life. Like, I've never paid attention to that. This is this person in my life. And that's the scary part is now that I know, what am I going to do about it? (laughs) What do I do about it? So here's the thing. So he's climbing up this sycamore tree, and here's what I want you to know. I love, I talked about we get to push through the crowd. He climbed up the sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. He climbed up the sycamore tree because he knew that Jesus was coming that way. Hey, real quick, I can't beat a dead horse enough. When you have Jesus in your life, people know that he's coming their way. They're not only going to run, They're going to do anything they can to see him. And so wherever you are in this world know that that is a platform for life change. It is a place and a stage for revival. It is one person that can change the entire world. Like that person in your life, maybe the next Billy Graham, that person in your life, maybe the next drug addict that's set free, that person in your life, maybe the next person who wants a divorce, but restores their marriage. That next person in your life, maybe the person that has the best talk show on television. I don't know, whatever that looks like, like they're on in the afternoons, whatever it is, I want you to know this person is gonna could be the person that impacts thousand and all they're looking for is just one person to notice them one person to see them and see church that's what we do like right now there are people in these in this house in these chairs and there are some people who can't be here for whatever reason maybe sickness or, or, or whatnot but the people are here today in chairs and i'm thankful for everybody who's here each and every week faithfully. And the reason that you come every week is not just to push the crowd away. You know that when you're here, when you're in your chair, the worship is better. When you're in your chair, the preaching is better. When you're in your chair, the experience is better. When you're in your chair, children learn about Jesus on their level better. It is just better because when you're like Jesus and you have a relationship with Jesus, the world that's scratching and clawing that's driving by right now can see him more clearly. And so thank you for that. The thing is, Sunday is a byproduct of Monday through Saturday. So can we continue on Monday and set through Saturday to live that life, to show Jesus to others? And are those five people, I'm gonna keep going back to those five, or that one extra space you made. Does that person know that you even know Jesus? Do they know that Jesus is in you? Because I promise you it'll shine. Jesus said that. A light on the hill cannot be hidden like a city will find it. Like if you have the light and the hope of Jesus inside of you, people see it even if you don't show it. I hate to tell you that, they will, because that's just who Jesus is. He'll always reveal himself to people. So when you have people running to you and they tell you their problems all the time and you have a relationship with Jesus, maybe that, that's your gift. Like <laughs> that's your opportunity. That's your platform for Jesus to move in someone's life like never before. But will you make space for just one more? Can you make space for just one more? Let's continue on this story in uh, Luke nineteen verses five through six. Luke nineteen verses five through six it says this: When Jesus reached the spot, it's one of my favorite parts. He looked up at him and he said, "Zacchaeus, come down, for I'm going to your house today." I'm just he said, "Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today." Hm. So he came down at once. And he welcomed them gladly. You see, this is what I love about this story. When we make space for one more and invite them in? They'll always say yes. And when we make space for Jesus in our life and invite him in? Come on, we know what that leads to. We know what that is the culmination of. We know that there's freedom and hope in that. And what Jesus is standing here saying is, hey, Zacchaeus, will you make room for me today? And of course he says yes. I mean, that'd be a terrible story if he didn't, right? Of course he says yes. What are the people in your life that are just asking you to share Jesus with them and are waiting for an invitation for him to come in? See, what's important here is Zacchaeus is on this weak sycamore tree, and Zacchaeus, his whole life, has learned what maybe today you're, gonna, you're struggling with. He learned that he had to climb his way to heaven. He was a dirty man. He was a despised man. He was a tax collector. <laughs> Poor guy. Tax collector and undertaker. I mean, those are probably the people that nobody, nobody wants to get along with, right? The tax collector. And so he's trying to work his way up to heaven, and heaven is literally standing down here, and Jesus is saying, I've already done the work, son. Come down from the tree. I've already brought heaven to earth. You come down to me. I want you to know those people are just looking at Jesus right now through you, saying, hey, I need to come down. I need to come down. And you're here to show them they can't work their way to heaven. You're here to show them there's nothing they can do. You know what? As a tax collector, you could be the fairest tax collector in the world, but that's still not going to get you to heaven. You could serve faithfully. You could give more money than anybody else in the world. You could be nice to the poor person. You could buy groceries for the soup kitchen. You can do everything you can, but you can't work your way to heaven. It's not possible. And Zacchaeus has spent his whole life trying to figure that out. Maybe that's where you are. You've tried to crawl up to heaven. You've tried to crawl up to your good works. Because if I just see Jesus, it'll be better. But Jesus said, I don't want you just to see me. I want you to experience me. I want you to invite me in. Let me into your house. Make space for me into your life. You don't have to work your way to heaven. Come down, because I've already brought it here to you. I've already brought eternal life to you. I've already done the work. Jesus has put people in our life that need to hear that. Because they're climbing up a tree that can't hold them, a ladder that they were never supposed to be on to see Jesus question is, will we? <laughs> will we make space for one more? Jesus did. And you know what? It was just a little space because he was a wee little man and he made room. And when he did, man, look what happens. Look what happens. Because here's what normally happens when when we look at our five friends if four of them don't know Jesus, but one of them does. This is what the world does a lot of times. This is what they say. This is what they say, verse seven. And this is what I, I think we can get stuck with so many times verse 7 says this all the people saw this and began to mutter he has gone to the to be the guest of a sinner He's gone to be the guest of a sinner. How, did you see that Super Bowl party he went to? You should have seen all the stuff they had at that house. Did you see what he did during March Madness? He was down at that bar taking pictures. He's with sinners everywhere he goes. Like, he's just with sinner. Did you see Did you see what they posted? Like, that person's crazy. They sin, He's a sinner. He's going to be just like him. He's going to go down just like Like How many people have heard that in their life? Like, you hear that, right? You hear that. Well, here's what I want to tell you. If you're my friend, you're a friend of a sinner. I'm sorry. I hate to let you down. The one thing we all have in common is we're all sinners and need of the saving grace of God and need of his mercy and need his mighty hand to deliver us. And he does that through Jesus Christ. And the thing is, when we stand up and say, do you see who he's friends with? We put God's power and his work and what Jesus has done to shame because he put Him in our life so that we could be that beacon of hope to him. There's a city waiting for that hope. And all they've heard their whole life is they won't be my friend because I'm a sinner. I'm a tax collector, I'm the worst of the worst. Maybe it's, a, maybe, maybe it's I'm divorced and nobody wants to be my friend. Maybe it's I can't have kids so nobody wants to be my friend. Maybe I'm, a, I'm addicted to food or porn or I've had a drug problem and nobody wants to be my friend. Maybe it's I don't like working out so nobody wants to be my friend. Maybe it's I don't know how to rest well and nobody wants to be my friend. Maybe it's I'm always poor and I'm always broke so nobody wants to be my friend. The world, when they hear that, the next thing they hear is if I could just have more money, I could do more. You don't need more money. You just need Jesus. And the thing is, church, we know it. Do we share it? I'm not always, I don't always do that. I'm guilty of not doing it sometimes. I'm just like, I just want to get my order and go home, Lord. Like, I just want to get my gas at the QT and roll on back home. I don't care. But Jesus has stopped me there for a purpose, to talk to somebody most of the time. Do I do it? Not diligently. I need to be better. I need to be and make space one more. So My question is, in your life, can you say you've made space for one more? Because if you'll make space for one more, Jesus will always ask to be invited in. And that person's not going to refuse when they see who Jesus is. Zacchaeus worked his way up, did everything he could. The pure one, the one Yahweh remembers, still needed to have Jesus in his life, no matter what, just like we did. And what I love is his name, what it means, is that's exactly what Jesus has done. (laughs) He remembered us. And because of him, we can be pure. And because of him, he's saying, stop working the ladder. Just come down to the mire and muck and stay here with me and watch what I'll do. And so church, that's what we've been called to do. That's who we are. The world doesn't hear that. The world here is who we aren't, what we disagree with, (laughs) friend of sinners, what concert we don't want people to go to, what clothes we don't want people to wear, what Disney movie we don't want them to watch, if you remember those (laughs) days, what book we don't want them to read, what school we don't want them to go to. That's what we're known for in the church. And it's time to make a difference, and it's time to change. We need to stand up for what we're for, and that's for the world meeting Jesus. And we can do it. And it's not going to just be one of us. It's going to be all of us together because that's the whole point of Jesus bringing us together. All of us are one body. One body. Let's continue on with the story. Chapter chapter 19, verse 8 says this, and this is my favorite part, and this is my challenge for us. Zacchaeus stood up. He stood up. You see, after we meet Jesus, we can't help but stand up. We can't help but stand up over the crowd. We can't help but stand up, not to lord over the crowd, but to say, hey, if you'll just experience Jesus, if you'll just experience who he is, if you'll just invite him in, the difference it'll make. Does it mean your circumstance is going to be any better? No, but I promise you, you'll have hope through it. I promise you, the things that you feared... You might still have to walk through a crazy trial in your life, but you'll see the the lesson in it, and you'll see that there's hope and there's peace through it because of who Jesus is. He stood up, and he said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times that amount. So a wealthy man saying that, how many people would like, if somebody came to you and said, hey, I wronged you, I want to pay you four times that amount, especially the tax man. If the tax man came to you and said he was going to pay you back four times the amount that he took, you'd probably be pretty excited, right? But here's the deal. The wealth didn't matter to Zacchaeus anymore. He knew what he was chasing. He was chasing to fill a hole that he could never fill, that only Jesus could. And he stands up and he says, look, Lord, here and now I give it away. What I love what Jesus says to him is, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. So time out. This man was a tax collector, not really looked upon in a great way. (laughs) And now he's a son of Abraham. So remember when we're talking about friendship that some of us are in a lonely state. We don't have any friends. I know that's terrible. And I'm sorry. I'd love to be your friend. I'd love to make space for one more. I know what it feels like sometimes to be alone, but I've been blessed that I don't have to be alone because Jesus has always put people in my life to help me. But now all of a sudden, this man is the son of Abraham, the father of the faith that we know him as. He's adopted into a family. He's adopted into a family. He's no longer lonely. He's no longer striving. He's no longer searching. He's no longer trying to fill a void he can't fill. He is a family. And what does Jesus say that he did? For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. It's a great commission right there, guys. The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. So here's the thing. What if you're just one friend away? What if you notice the Zacchaeuses in your life? That's searching for purity and for a God that remembers them. That's searching for something, something more. Can you see it? Or do we just go through the motions of the crowd and say I'm covered? <laughs> I'm like Liberty Mutual. I got accident forgiveness. I'm good. Like I got fire insurance. I got it covered. I'm good. I got health insurance. I'm good. If I go in the hospital, I'm good. If I if I'm if I'm when I I mean I'm already I'm not afraid of death because I have life through Jesus. So hey, I've already I've already walked through the wages of sin being death. I'm good. I'm good. I'm covered. So if I'm covered, that's fine because all I care about is me. And I want to tell you, Jesus didn't do it. He seek and save the lost. And the beautiful thing is he brought heaven to earth so we can live the eternal here and now so that we could go seek the lost so that he can do what only he can do. And that's save the lost. None of us can make someone be saved. I can try to tell you to pray a prayer here in a minute and I can try to say, this is all you got to do. And I want to tell you really all you got to do is make space for Jesus to come in your life and trust him that he is who he says he is. I can't make you trust Jesus. I can certainly point you to him all day long, and that is our job as a church, is to fill these chairs, to fill our houses on Thursday night, to fill our time, to fill our spaces for just one more Zacchaeus. Just one more. Imagine if all of us found just one more. Imagine the news. Imagine what would happen in the world if there is a revival that broke out. I mean, if it's going to cover the backside of it and the tragedy of the world, imagine what would happen if it says 10,000 people now profess Jesus as Lord. Because here's the thing, 2 billion people on this planet right now say Jesus is Lord. What's 7 billion people that live in the world? Man, imagine if those two people found just one more and pointed them to Jesus. The majority of the world's population would have seen Jesus more clearly. And yet we find it hard to talk to our friend about Jesus because when they're complaining, struggle bus here, when I'm complaining, I won't be with some people that's complaining because we're just going to complain it out, Lord. Like, we're going to get it together. (laughs) We're going to have some griping, y'all. Like, we're going to have some gripe session. I don't see Jesus griping. I see Jesus pushing through the crowd and standing there and saying, stop working, stop striving, stop going up a tree that should never hold you. Stop living a dead life. Understand that there's nothing you can do that you can do to work to me. Understand I'm standing right here asking you to let me in. And today we get to do that. And tomorrow when we wake up at 9 a.m. or 10 a.m. when we go to work or we wake up at 5 a.m. and read our Bible or 7 a.m., whatever we do, if we start work at 9 a.m., maybe we don't go into work till 10 a.m. Zacchaeuses are going to be standing there waiting, waiting to see Jesus in you. They they probably don't want to hear about church. They They don't want to hear about your church. They just want to hear about the hope you have. They want to know because they're climbing the tree. They spent their whole weekend climbing the tree. They spent their whole weekend climbing the tree. And they just want to know that somebody sees them and somebody remembers them and somebody cares. And if we could just do that, church, God, the difference that would be made. So today... I've challenged myself through this as I'm writing these names down, and I would challenge you. Make room for one more. Because here's the thing, church. We're either going to live the mission, we're going to live the mission, or we're going to miss the point. The mission of the church is to go ye therefore into all nations, teaching them all that I have taught you, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost came to give us hope we're one friend away from our community our community being set free from sin one friend away can you believe that the one person you work out with they might be stronger than you and guess what they may be the friend that gets you healthier than ever praise god and amen you maybe never had a six-pack i don't know abs if that's you whatever that is maybe a six-pack was a coke zero you got on sale down at that bottle this week i don't know but maybe that person's really healthy but they're searching for god in their physical fitness I have no clue what it means to have peace, hope, joy, love, gentleness, humbleness. I have no clue what it is to have self-control. I have no clue. But you get to be it. So today, church, I just want to ask us, will we live the mission or miss the point of why we're here? Because Jesus could have been done. Jesus could have lived the perfect life, died the death we deserved on the cross and said, it is finished And they don't have to do anything else. And he left an empty tomb and said, hey, we don't have to spread this gospel throughout the ends of the earth. I've already done the work. I've already got it all under control. But he didn't. He loves us enough that we get to be a part of that plan. We get to be a part of those people meeting him like never before. He works through us to seek those people. But the thing is, we got to let him do it. We got to make the space for one more. The question is, who's your one more? Who's your one more? Who's the one more that could sit in one more chair? Who's the one more that can sit in one more space on the couch on Thursday night? Maybe they don't come to church on Sunday. Maybe they'd love to come have some great food and hang out at greenhouse gathering. Who's your one more? Who's your one more that you're investing in? Who's your one more that you're going after? Who's your one more that you can say, hey, I know you're climbing that tree and it sucks because I've been there. I'll tell you, it's not fun. (laughs) It's not fun climbing that tree. And I can't make you know who Jesus is, but I want to tell you about him. And watch what Jesus does. Watch how he'll change. Watch him do what only he can do. So I love this story all the way through as we're getting ready to wrap up. Because of this. We can't live the mission if we don't first accept Jesus in our life it's really hard to live the mission and do that. We can pack out crowds. I mean, hey, look at political rallies. They fill up. People get behind the venue. People get everything crazy and it's rah-rah rally rah. concert, Super Bowl, you know, selfies. Even if you don't know who Justin Timberlake is, you get one like, you know, those kind of things like it can be a packed house. The thing is, we can't do it without Jesus. And you can't give someone something that you don't have. You can't give them hope and peace if you don't have it. You know all about it. Hey, that crowd They knew all about who Jesus was. They they had heard it in prophecy. They had heard it their whole life. They learned it in church every Sunday. They learned it when they got together in the the temple to pray, when they had their festivals, when they had their festivities. They heard about the Messiah. They could build the case for the Messiah, but they didn't have a clue when he stood right in front of them because they didn't have a relationship with him. And the thing is, you can have all these self-help books in the world and you can read them all, but they ain't going to do anything for you. Only a Savior, only a Savior can help you. So, church, as we live the mission, who is the people in our life that needs to hear about Jesus? Will we take this opportunity to occupy the streets with the hope of the gospel? Or we just say, if you build it, they will come? (laughs) They've been trying to come for a long time. They've been climbing trees, (laughs) y'all. Climbing wheat trees. Like I can't hold no sycamore. That hickory tree wouldn't hold me. I'm gonna tell you right now, it wasn't holding me. That sycamore sure in the world wasn't. wasn't gonna hold me. They're in front of us. All we gotta do is be Jesus to them. Not a formula. All we gotta do is say, Jesus, what would you have me do? And let him work. Let him work. That's the mission that we're on. That's the point of why we do what we do. Otherwise, we're just gonna keep seeing hopelessness stay. We're going to see dead people walking around. I know that sounds like zombies. We're going to to see dead people walking around. We're going to see hopelessness. We're going to see people who are broken stay broken. We're not going to see anybody be healed because we can't do it. Only Christ can. So as we wrap up here today and we're talking about being one friend away, who is your one friend? And let me ask you this. Who is that person in your life? Who is that person in your life that you're their one friend? I mean, where are we at with this? What does that look like? Because this whole story today is about salvation. Jesus made room for Zacchaeus and Zacchaeus made room for him. He says, "Today salvation has come to this house." Today, this man is a now has a family. He was lost and lonely, but now he has hope and a future. He was dead, and now he was alive. Now he is alive. He was there. He was broken, now he was healed. Now he's ready to go. He ain't got to climb that tree no more. So how do we do that? Well, here's where we are. It's, uh, we're going to walk through a prayer, but it's not the words of this prayer. Like, it is the faith that Jesus is the only one that can heal the broken. Jesus is the only one that has already done the work. Jesus is the only Savior that can save you. Because here's the thing. You can climb this ladder and live this life. You'll never get there never get there. I don't care how many, how many Christian concerts you go to, how many pastors you listen to during the week, how many podcasts you've got on, you can't get there. You can't work to get to him. He's already come to you. He's lived the life that you and I can't live. He died the death that all of us deserve, but he loved us enough to leave an empty tomb so that we can have life to live the mission. And so how do we do that? Well, I'm going to tell you, the Bible tells us that yes, all of us are sinners, We're all friends of sinners. Guess what? I'm a sinner, but I know that I needed the mercy and grace of an almighty God through Jesus Christ to save me. And so I have a relationship with Jesus. I have a hope when there is no hope. I'm not afraid of death because I get to have eternal life now because I get to live it now. And the only reason I can do that is because I made space to invite Jesus in. And so here's your opportunity. Today's your day if you've never done that. Invite Jesus in. Let him do what only he can do. Because of all of our sin, all of us deserve death. But God didn't forget us. Yahweh remembers. He remembered us. He gave the only thing he could, his son. And his son lived the perfect life, died the death we deserve, and left an empty tomb so that we may have life and life eternal now. We don't have to wait until our earthly life is over to experience heaven. We get to experience it now. So as we get ready to pray here, I'm going to ask every head to bow and every eye to close. Maybe, maybe, maybe you have made that decision in your life. Maybe you've been there before. I don't know. I, I, I want to open the door that if you haven't, I want you to create space to invite Jesus in right now. This is your opportunity. This is your day to experience salvation, to have peace everlasting, to have hope that you've never had before. This is your chance to create a space for life change coming away. The one friend away that you need in your life is Jesus. One friend away. Will you invite him in? So I'm going to ask everyone to pray out loud for the benefit of those who are coming to Jesus for the first time and repeat the words after me. Dear Jesus, I believe I'm a sinner deserving death. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. You love me enough not to stay dead but left an empty tomb so that I may have life come be my friend Jesus take over my life teach me to follow you step by step the best way I know how the rest of my life with every head bow and every eye closed in this house and in houses of online that are watching right now I'm going to count the three And if today's the first day that you created space to invite Jesus in, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. One, two, three. If that's you, if that's you online, I'm going to ask you, comment, comment. Let us know. We want to celebrate with you because here's the thing. The whole mission of why we do what we do is so that you can have the hope that only Jesus can give. It's not the words of the message that happen. It's not the songs we sing. The reason we do that is a byproduct of the hope that only Jesus can bring. And so I'm gonna challenge you, be bold and vitamin. And for everyone else here, we're about to get ready to worship and we're about to have an awesome closing and then we'll get together and, and have prayer like we always do. But I just want to challenge you to create space to invite Jesus in this moment because he is here right now. Will you experience him and see the people he's created you to go after? The one more friend. And will you just hear his voice in this time of worship? Dear Lord, we thank you for this time together. Thank you for allowing us to experience the peace that only you can give. Jesus, it's all for you that we do what we do. It's not because there's a three points that are great or, or that, that the songs sound so beautiful even though they do, Jesus. It's because you have given us hope. And you didn't give us this hope to keep. You gave us this hope to share with the world. Let us live the mission, Jesus, and not miss the point. Let us go after the one the way you went after us. We love you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen.